Hallelujah and praise the Lord. Oh, I praise you this day, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for another day, oh God, to call you Lord in the land of the living. I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for giving me an opportunity to come into the homes of your people, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. People of God, we welcome you this morning. Wherever you may be on the face of the earth, you could be in China, you could be in Australia, you can be in Africa, you can be in Israel, wherever you are, we, want, we bring greetings to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you would bow your heads with me, I would like to pray before we get into this message. Father, I thank you and I praise you today in the modern name of Jesus for being the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings in my life and in the lives of those that call you Lord. I thank you today, O God, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I thank you right now, O God, in the modern name of Jesus, as I saturate myself with the blood of Jesus and I cover this location with the blood of Jesus. I thank you and I praise you, O God, that nothing can penetrate the bloodline. I saturate the atmosphere with the blood of Jesus. Lord, I cover each and every person that is here today with the blood of Jesus and I take authority over all principalities and powers, rules of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, annihilate their activity and I send them a flight in Jesus' name. I cover 10 miles east, west, north and south of this location with the blood of Jesus God. And Father, I thank you today, has hallelujah, that you will anoint me afresh to bring forth this word. I ask you, God, that you will anoint the ears and open the hearts of those that are listening right now, oh God, so that they can hear a message of hope today, oh God, because this is what the world needs. And we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus name. I say thank you, God, and amen. Hallelujah. People, I bring you a message of hope, a message of hope. Why? Because right now the world is in turmoil. The world is in a problem. The world is in a place where it doesn't know which way it's going. Okay. And I may, I hope that you will hear something today that's going to glorify your soul and that God will be glorified in this message. Hallelujah. I'm coming to you this morning from the book of Ezekiel and chapter 37. And we're talking here about Ezekiel. Who is Ezekiel? Ezekiel, a 25 year old priest from the family of Zadok, when he, along with the king and 10,000 Jews were taken to Babylon in 598 BC, five years later, 593, Ezekiel name means strengthened by God. I bring you a message today to help you to be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we are in trouble. Hallelujah. Oh, the world is in trouble, people of God. And there can be little doubt that the vision he was given during his 20 plus years of faithful ministry were used to challenge and strengthen his fellow exile. Now, the ministry of Ezekiel was marked by a series of vision. One of those vision will be, will be focusing on today. Okay. And the bird, the word of God says in, in Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse one, it says the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, verse three, son of man, can you see these bones? Can these bones live? So I answered, oh God, oh Lord God, you know, 
verse 4. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause bread to enter into bread to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover your skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse seven. So I prophesied as I was, com- as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, a sudden rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. And verse it says, indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come forth the four winds, O breath, the breath on these, breed on these slain that they may live. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they live and stood upon their feet and exceedingly a great army. Then he, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed, they indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. Verse 12, therefore prophesy to them. Thus says the Lord, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your grave and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open my, open your graves, O my people brought, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. Verse 14, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your land, your own land. Then you shall know that I, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and perform it, says the Lord. Now, I read verse 1 through 14 for you. And I pray that you will hear something today that's going to stir your spirit. That's going to bring you back to reality because everybody is going every which way, but up. You see in this familiar passage of scripture, I have heard it used to preach about the need for revival in the church. And that's a good thing. That is a valid use of this passage. Yet we need to remember that God was speaking to Israel. God was not speaking to the church. He was speaking to Israel. He sees them as a dead nation. He promised this dead nation that they will come when he will raise them from the dead and use them again for his glory. The world at large is at the same place today as Israel was in those days. The only difference is we are the church. We, the church, have the Holy Spirit and to lead and guide us. And yet some of us are still behaving as though we are dead. The church has gone to sleep. We, the church, we are the church. In the Old Testament, the the spirit of God was only on the prophet, the priest, and the king. The people did not have the Holy Spirit. We, we are the church. We have the Holy Spirit. We that say we name the name of Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have the Holy Spirit. But for some reason, some of us are acting like, like, like as if though we're out here on our own. You see... When Ezekiel received the vision, he found himself surrounded by the bones of the dead. Everywhere he looked, he saw dead people. He was commanded to preach to them and he was commanded 
to pray over them. When he obeyed the Lord's command, Ezekiel saw those dead bodies brought back to life. He saw the Lord gave, he saw the Lord's grave on display in that graveyard. And that is, that is the thought I want to magnify to you today. The world at large is dead. Even some of the people, they have allowed the spirit of God to be so dormant in them until it's nothing happening. Because if you do not feed the spirit of God, he will not function like he should inside of you. Like Ezekiel, we are surrounded by dead people. Everywhere we look, there is evidence of spiritual death. If you are not born again, you are dead in your trespasses. Spiritual death dominates the world. And like Ezekiel, we have seen, we have been sent out to tell the dead that they can live. Are you telling anybody about Jesus? Are you declaring the word of God? To anyone, are you showing people the way to Jesus Christ, or are you me, me for and no more? Is are you are you trying to to feed yourself with the Word of God so that when you begin to speak to somebody about the life, their life, their dead life, does something happen inside of you? You know, I used to go to this woman's house, and she, I uh, would go there to. Um, bring merchandise to her. And uh, whenever I would start talking about God, it would get so hot. The spirit of God would just raise up. You see, when you begin to talk about the Lord and give him praise and talk about his word, he will show up. Glory be to God. She told me, she said, I don't even feel this in my church. Well, we are the church. So I was bringing church to her. From where Ezekiel stood that day, the task must have been, must have seemed impossible. Yet he obeyed God and the Lord blessed his effort. From where we stand today, the task of reaching those who are dead in their sin also seems seem difficult. It seems like an impossible task. If we will do as the Lord has instructed us, we will see him bless our labor. He will bless our effort. He will bring the people back to life. Let me tell you something, people of God. I want to take this verse. Watch this. The name of my message, which I did not mention, is called reaching out to the dead. Amen. We got to reach out to those that are dead, dead in spirit, dead in sin, dead in their trespasses. They do not understand why they're doing the things that they're doing, but it's because sin, the sin nature of mankind will cause you to do things that you never thought you would do. It would, it caused you to do things that it, it, it makes you, you do something and then you some say, did I do that? Yes, you did. Because the sin nature, you see, man is born in sin. And until he sees, until he become born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. Amen. And when he is born with the spirit and with water, then he can enter the kingdom. So what am I saying? We got to reach out to the dead. I want to... I want you to see some truths speak to speak to our call to preach the gospel to the world filled with living dead. Consider these truths. 
Here's a shocking revelation. If we are going to perceive the great need that the world around us has to hear the gospel, we must have a clear grasp of the condition in which the world finds itself. The vision of Ezekiel saw, the vision that Ezekiel saw was a valley of full of dry, scattered bones. It depicts the desolation, the destitution, the devastation of Israel, and it is depicting the same thing in our time today. That's why the Bible says, raise up a child the way he should go, and when he is grown, he will not depart. I guarantee you, those that have trained their children, those that have raised up their children, to do the right thing. Even if they were out there protesting, guess what? They would not be burning down nobody's building. They would not be bringing, carrying an ax in the back of their packed backpack and busting people's window. No, they would not be pushing people down and spitting in people's face. No. Why? Because you've trained your child up the way that he should go. Until, until we have a similar vision of the world in which we live, we will not be stirred to action. We need to see what Ezekiel saw when he looked out over the valley of dry bones. It is the same vision we need to have today as we look over a lost and dying world. People, there are so many people that are dying every day, and I guarantee you a lot of them are busting hell wide open. Why? Because nobody is pointing them to the cross. Nobody is sharing with them Jesus Christ and she shed blood. I'm telling you, the, 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 the pastors right now, they rather to give you a, a warm over sermon. They have a sermon on Friday evening instead of giving you a live sermon on Sunday. Lazy, slothful, lazy, slothful pastors. Why should you? Okay, you're not having service on Sunday. Why can't you have a live service and get the people to tune in just like you're doing? No, but you're going to, because of lazy and slothful, you're going to have service. You're going to make a prepared service on a Friday and show it on a Sunday. That's not what God wants. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Are you looking at this nation, pastor? Are you looking at this nation apostle or are you just trying to fling your names and your titles around? No, God is not pleased with that. You will be held accountable. He saw, Ezekiel saw the debt. He saw debt. The bones speak of debt. Since so many bones were in one place, it may be that Ezekiel saw the aftermath of a great battle. If that is the case, it must have broken his heart. Where is your heart in all of this? All of this that's going on. Pastor, where is your heart? Where is your heart? One of the worst insults that a Jew could suffer was to be, to be denied a proper funeral. They, that was an insult to a Jew. So think about how when these bones were sitting up out there, just dried up, getting ready to rot. Here is the valley filled with the bones of the dead, defeated by their enemies and left to rot where they fell. Ezekiel saw a vision of death and massive, at a massive scale. As the world we live in today, there are 7.8 billion people 
as of 2020, okay, are on this earth right now. Only 2,173,180,000 today call themselves Christians, which means there are all the others are still dead in their trespasses. We got to get to a place where we have a heart of compassion for the dead that are, they're dead. They're dead in their trespasses. If you don't know Jesus, you are a dead, you're walking dead. If you don't know Jesus, you are dead. What do we, what we, what do you see when you look around the world? What do you see? Although the people around us may be living their lives, working their jobs, enjoying their hobbies, raising their families, while they may be charming, intellectual, reasonable, and apparently fit, if they don't know Jesus Christ, they are spiritually dead. They are dead. Your neighbor may be dead. Look, watch this. Paul tells us that until the spirit quickens men, women to spiritual life, they are dead in trespasses and sin. And that's Ephesians 2 and 1. This can be true about, look, your husband, your wife, your parents, your children, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. While they, be, while they, may, be, they may be full of physical, full, physic, full, full of physical life, they may look exceptionally well to the natural eye but they're dead spiritually so today i came to bring a message to you a message of hope we should pray and ask god to open our eyes and help us to see the world as it really is As I said, we should pray and ask God to open our eyes and help us to see the world around us as it really is. That was what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, say yet not ye that there are four months and then come at harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already. So and ready for harvest. That's in John chapter four and verse 35. We need to see the world as it really is. People needs Jesus. People need to be prayed for. You know, when you have a church and you have a pastor never comes to his prayer meeting, that means he is not praying because what you do in your closet is what you will do in public. You've got to pray. That's why there is so many people are falling away from the church. Why? Because they are not being covered. The pastors are not doing their jobs. Ezekiel saw devastation. The bones Ezekiel saw were very dry. They had been on the valley floor under the merciless heat of the sun until they were sapped of all moisture. In that dead, dry condition, they were fit for nothing but to be gathered and buried. They were absolutely useless. We need to recognize that this is the very condition of the lost who live around us. In Romans 12 
I'm sorry, Romans 3 and 12, Paul writes, they're all gone out of the way. They are they, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. The word unprofitable means to be useless. This verse reminds us that the lost sinner is useless to God. When you are lost, God cannot glorify himself through you. They are unprofitable in the sense, in the sense that he cannot use them for his glory. So if you are not Born again, you are an unprofitable person, creation. We should ask the Lord to open our eyes and to help us to see the devastation of the world around us. The lost are trapped in an entanglement of sin and they cannot escape. They are spiritually dead. They're devastated. They are, they are devastated by their sin. Look at the family Family ruined by drugs and alcohol. They need someone to tell them a way out. Look at the family that's destroyed by sexual sin. They need someone to tell them a way out. Amen. They need a uh, uh, look at the family that seems happy, yet they're headed straight to hell because nobody is praying for them. And that's why God called Ezekiel and told him to prophesy. You know, prophesy means to preach, okay? Prophesy means to preach to the people. God has called us today in the church to go out and preach to the people. God has called us today to go out and give them the news of Jesus Christ and him crucified. God have called us to tell the people that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life but are you doing your part until we understand where they are we will not be moved to reach them with the gospel today the reason why there is so much upheaval in the world it is because people are yearning for something they're yearning for something they just don't know what it is they're out there doing all kinds of stuff. They don't know. There's, there's a hole inside of each one of us and there's something missing and nothing the world has to offer. Not alcohol, not money, not fine cars, not the big house, nothing, not sex. Nothing can fill that hole but Jesus Christ. Nothing. And so people, they're out here and they're yearning for something. They need Christ, but somebody has to show them. Somebody prayed for you and I that our eyes may be opened and we came to know Jesus Christ. We were removed from hopelessness to now we're living in a life, in life, in light, in light of Jesus Christ. So I pray that in closing, I really want this sermon to get you, whoever you are, you may not be a preacher. You may not be a prophet. You may not be an evangelist. You may just be a person that is saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that you have a job to do. You are called to spread the word. 
The Bible describes the lost around us as having no hope and without God in the world. Ephesians 2 and 12. The hopelessness in the world is easy to see. The restlessness of the nations, the upheaval in our culture, the horrible condition of our economy, and the constant threat of war all speak to the fact that people feel hopeless. When there is no peace in the heart, there is no rest in life. When peace is missing, hopelessness reigns. So, again, we need to ask the Lord to help us to see the hopelessness of the lost who live around us. Yes, they act out in ways that are ungodly. They are sometimes frightened. Yes, they are opposed to God and the gospel uh, and godliness, but they are hopeless. And it may just be that their actions are a plea for help. They're crying out for something. Like I said, they don't really know what it is that they're crying out for. But we should know and we should cry out to God on their behalf. I pray that the Lord will give us a burden for the lost who are dead, devastated and defeated in their sins. I pray that we will tell them about a savior who died to save them from their sins. I pray that we will be burdened by their condition to point them to point to a point where we do not we do more than talk about it. I pray that we will come to a place where we will actually go to them and tell them about the true source of hope. There is hope, but somebody's got to bring it to you. Hope. We, don't let, we should not let them walk around in hopelessness anymore. Here's an illustration I want to leave you with. In the 1700s, a little man in England, a cobbler by trade, he was a shoemaker, that's what that means, a map of the world. He had a map, he kept a map of the world on his wall of his workshop so that he could pray for the nations of the world because nation became, became burdened for a defined, um, because, because became burdened for a defined missionary outreach. When he shared this burden, listen to this, listen to this. When he shared his burden with his fellow ministers, he was told by a senior man of God, young man, sit down. When God wants to care, carry, when, when, when God wants to convert the heathen, he will do it with, without your help, with or without your help. But William Carey did not let the fire of his enthusiasm be damped by such a response. And eventually he left the shores of England for those of India where he engaged in pioneer ministry work doing exploits for God. The Bible says those who know their God will do exploits for him. I want to leave you with this today. Give yourself a self-examination and try to find out where it is that you are missing the mark. Amen. Today, if this message have blessed you, would you partner with us? Would you partner with us? And I want you also to know that you can call us. Look at the end of the message and call us. Call us and we will pray with you. Amen. God bless you.